The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, I am joined by social media personality, fashion model, and Bachelor Nation fan favorite, Tyler Cameron. Tyler received national attention after being a participant on season 15 of The Bachelorette, where he finished as runner-up in Hannah Brown's season. Prior to being on the show, Tyler had started to generate moderate interest from modeling agencies around the country via his social media. After being on the show, the demand for his skills, (laughs) I like how they wrote skills, would eventually turn into a massive modeling career opportunity. In the years since, Tyler has been established and is one of the strongest social media followings amongst former Bachelor contestants and created additional career business opportunities from content creation to hosting events to his new podcast, Everybody But Me. Today, we are going to learn all the ins and outs of the modeling industry, how Tyler views his life after being on The Bachelorette, what he thinks of the franchise today, and what some of his career goals are moving forward. Tyler, Cameron, thank you so much for being here on Train Secrets today. Thank you for my flowers. That was nice of you. Did you like that? That was nice. Nice that little introduction. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That was that was very soft. That was soft. We're going to get into the good stuff. We're excited <laughs> to have you on Trading Secrets. So is the Money Mafia. I'm going to start out the with Money this. Mafia. Is the that Money that Mafia. We call the crew? That's the crew. You Love like that, that man? The Money Mafia. What do you call your crew? I don't have a name yet. You don't have a, don't name? Have a name? You yet. go to all those little bar appearances, get paid. There's like hundreds of girls there. And you someone have someone had the name community? back in the day. I think it was uh, Julia. Julia. She said, uh, tie hards. Tie hards. You know, I'll take that one. All right. There we go. All right. Well, I want to start with this. I look at you and it's fascinating what you've done because you went on one show. Mm-hmm. You're like a one show wonder. Now, you've gone on other shows since going on The Bachelorette, but you've gone as kind of like a quote unquote celebrity public figure. But mm-hmm. you only did one show like being on a cast and blew up. And I'll know this is my favorite Tyler Cameron story. You and I were sitting at a sushi joint. Matt James came in and he came in mid lunch. He was at all associated with the show. And I was like, dude, so what are you going to do? And we started talking about like what you're thinking. And you're starting to date Gigi Hadid. And I was, I was saying, he's laughing because I already brought her up. But he's laughing because he goes to me. He goes, dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I got $5,000 in my bank account. Not I even. don't know what my next job is. And I'm dating Gigi Hadid. What was that like? Not even 5000 I had like two hundred. You know what I mean? I mean, I've been going on dates. You know, this is like my early days in New York City. I'm living on Matt's beanbag. Yeah. Right. I'm living on Matt's beanbag. Have no money. And I'm just, but I'm like the happiest I've ever been. Cause it's like, it's just like the world is wide open to me in New York City. I can do whatever I want. And I remember I'd be going on dates. I'm like, calling pops up in the bathroom. I'm like, yo, pops, like, I don't think my credit card's going to go through. I need you to send me some money right now. <laughs> He's like, you got it, son. Go get it. You know? And I would, he sent me some money. I covered dinner and whatnot. But I was just like, I remember there was like some touch and go points there where I was like, man, this is my, hopefully my car swipes. I'm over here swiping with my eyes shut. Just like, please go through, please go through. (laughs) All right. The focus of today, I want to talk about pre-bachelorette and then post-bachelorette and how that changed your career and finances. But how are you, like when you go on a date with Gigi and you only have $250 your name, how do you pay for it? Like, do you ever have a story like, how are you managing that? Man, you just you just crossing your fingers at this point. Like I don't have a, I don't know. Like at this point, I don't even know what a credit card is. Like I got a straight debit card. So it's like when you hit zero, you hit zero. You know. And so I'm just crossing my fingers, hoping it swipes, and it just kept swiping. 
And it kept swiping. Yeah. I, kept I was always like, I'd have to call the next day. I was like, hey, mom, pops, like, I got to go do this today. Can I get a couple hundred? Because, like, you can't make no money after the show. Yeah, you not because you're contracted. I remember, I remember I did a, a gig with Mac Weldon right after. And Mac Weldon took such advantage of the situation. And I was like, I, I don't really respect him anymore. How so? So, like, it was, like, one of my first gigs after the show, which which the show gave me a hard time about doing it. But I was like, yo, I was a model before you guys. I can still model. Mm-hmm. And... Like they go in there, they shoot like the shorts on you. You're not even really posing as a model. You're just sh- shooting for the clothes. So your face isn't there. Yeah, it's your face yeah, really yeah, isn't. Of course, you know? got it. And so like you're not really modeling. You just like they want to get every pair of. The, it's like for their, it's for it's for their like website. Yeah, you know? of course. So yeah. it's like hundred different pairs of underwear, hundred for shirts. You know what I mean? You just go through it real quick. It's like a twenty five hundred dollar day. Mm-hmm. Not even probably like fifteen hundred dollar day. And did the job, and then the next thing you know, I'm their biggest ad campaign. Like, because I started blowing up on the show, so they started using my face and that, and they started putting it everywhere, but when it was only supposed to be used for just their online. But I was like, yo, I got $1,500, $2,500. Like, I'm rich. You're you know what I mean? I'm like, I can survive for three more weeks now. You know? <laughs> That's three more dates with Gigi. You know? <laughs> All right, let me ask you this. Before the show, I want to go into pre-bachelorette time. Yeah. You already talked about how, like, money was a little tight. What were you doing to earn money? I started building my first house. Okay. And I was pretty much done with the house. So I hadn't even made money in the house yet. I was basically just like getting a little bit of money to survive. I was living off like 200 bucks a week. You're building it by yourself. You're building it by dad. By myself. My you're pops, building it all by yourself. So, so my pops bought the land. Okay. Me. He's like, if you want to learn how to build a house, this is how you're going to learn. He's like, buy the land. I'll, I'll just give you the plans. You figure it out from here. And so I'm going to the building department every day asking questions. These people are getting sick of me. I'm over there asking the dumbest questions in the world. And then they just start making fun of me and like, and like playing games. I'm like, all right, go put, make sure you put your papers over there like on top of the blue bin. And I'm like, next to the blue bin, it's a garbage can. I'm like, are you guys messing with me? And they all start laughing, you know? Like, yeah. So, like, I, that's what I was doing. And then that's when I started doing the calls and all that. Let me ask you this. Who's, who's funding? Like, I mean, it's not. This is, we have, well, investors are funding it. Okay, because I asked that because people back home are like, wait, I would love to build something. That all sounds great, but I don't have the money to do it. So Investor. Okay, so we all, so we have an investor. So we always buy the lot, okay. and then the investor puts up the money for the for the build. Okay, let so, me just. I want to stop you there because people at home might be wondering, how do you get an investor? What did you do to get an investor? So it's my pop's investor at okay. the time. So it's so just family, family his, his, his reputation with that investor. Like they they've been doing it for years. They feel comfortable with each other. So he knows he's not. I, I I'm not going to screw this up. My dad's not going to let me completely screw up. Got the house, you know. Got it. Okay, stay tuned to the recap. We'll talk about different ways you can raise money if you are looking to uh, raise capital to do a project. But dad invests in you. You then get a call from the show. Then what happens? Yeah. So like I start getting calls from the show, and I remember my dad always tells a story. Like I was like, "Yeah, pops, I have to leave work today." Like you know, he comes by the job. Like, I have to leave work at three. I have to interview. You know, I have to do a Zoom or whatever it's called back then. And he's like, "What the fuck's the Bachelorette?" Yeah. <laughs> He had no idea what the show was. He's like, this is a joke, you know? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I'm going to do it, though. And so I did it, and, you know, eventually I got caught off the job. And, like, I, I literally, the the job got done while I was on the show. And sold they sold the house or whatever. Because your intro package was you dancing around. Yeah. First of all, you were, you're, apparently you were a dancer. Yeah, I was almost a dance minor in college. Dan, that sounds like some bullshit to get credits as a football player. No, it's because I failed out my first semester. <laughs> okay, I knew right? there was something I failed there. out my first semester. And my coaches are like, Tyler, you're going to stay in summer school all summer, which yeah. we didn't know. Like, I was like one of the three guys that did it because we all were in trouble. Yeah. And you're going to get your grades up. You're going to be in these dancing classes. That's how you're going to do it. 
And I was like, so I was like kind of pissed. But then I get into class. It's me and like 20 girls. I'm like, this is the best class I've ever done. So I just kept taking dance classes. <laughs> Some things never change. All right. And then I became a comm major, which was all girls in my class. You know, it was, it was uh, the best. It's, it's, it's always going to come back to women at the end of this podcast. But they, I'm going to bring They make it, the world go around. They sure do. I'm going to bring it back to business here. So you, you got this land. You're building a property. Bachelorette calls you. Mm-hmm. I want to go back into this a little further. I don't understand how you're making money. How are you making even two hundred? Where is it coming from? Two hundred bucks a week. Just, like, just off the investment, off the investment. So I'm peeling some money back. Gotcha. So some is going into the project. Yeah. Some is for your yeah. salary. And then I also like I like did a couple of jobs modeling. Like, okay. I remember I did like a, a cardio. The day I got the call to be on the Bachelorette yeah. was Valentine's Day, and that day I was working as like a doorman. Yeah. For Cartier, like in this little Cartier suit, like with a little hat on, like Inch. a little, little bellhop. I'm going to have to find that. I, that I have the picture role. just deep in my Instagram. It's right. hilarious. We're going to go deep into that. I want to do like a little rapid fire pre-show. How many followers do you have at pre-show? Like, like 2,000, 3,000? 2,000. Who signed you? What agency signed you modeling? That's class? a hilarious story. Okay, let's hear it. All right. So I have no followers. I'm just posting random pictures. Just me and the boys. Shirt right? off, I assume. Yeah. No, I, was, I was still a big is. boy. I was like 250 okay, coming down. You. I was slimming down. You know, it was, it was post-football days. Okay. And this guy keeps like writing like, fire ambulances underneath my photos. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And I click on it. It's like, oh, casting director for blah, 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 blah. And so then I was like, man, I'm living in my mom's house. I'll take any opportunity. I was like, what's going on? You know what I mean? He's like, have you ever modeled? I was like, no. He's like, you should model. I was like, "Ah, I don't know about all that. He's like, send me digitals and I'll get you, you know, intro to some people. I was like, what's a, what's a digital? So he sends me these photos of like these dudes, like in their underwear and shit, all these photos that are just like, you know, very kind of provocative. So I'm sitting there thinking about it. You know, I'm really about to send some stranger pictures of me in my underwear. <laughs> like, he's just going to, you know, what's he going to do with it, you know? Yeah. And so then I was like, well, fuck it. What do I got to lose, you know? <laughs> and so so my boy comes over, Mike, and my brother. We're in my mom's bathroom, right? Mike's yeah. got, like, he's like the only one I know with a nice camera. So he's taking photos on his camera. My brother's got, a, a like, a, a light. This is hilarious. And he's holding the light, like, over his head like this. And, and we're just shooting these photos. And you're in your underwear. And I'm in my underwear. I'm in my Calvin's, baby. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, okay. and I'm taking the funniest photos, man. I'm, like, squatting, like, doing the exact poses I see those people doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, like, looking at these at the end, like, cracking <laughs> up. I'm, like, I'm really about to send these out. So I send them out. And then he's, like, these are great. And he's, like, next week, he's, like, you have, mo- you have meetings with every agency in Miami. They all said yes to you. So this guy was legit. He was legit. Okay. And I was like, well, this is crazy. So then I went down there, met with everyone. Everyone's like, you need to lose some weight still. You still got your football weight on. Okay. But it's a yes from everybody. So then I signed with Next or whatever. And then. When you sign with an agency, how does that work? Modeling agency, do, you, are they, do they lock you up? Do they have full exclusivity? How much do you pay they, them? So like the first agency you sign with, they want to become your mother agent. Okay. Which basically means that now, whoever agent, whatever agent you sign with after that, they, they, go through they take 10% off. Of everything. Of everything. Okay. So so did you sign that deal with them? Yeah. Did but, you end up firing them at some point? Yeah, right away. Okay. And because well, I signed with New York and then I got on the show, you know, I got on the show then and then I just got rid of it. Okay. Before the show. So 2,000 followers, you get signed to the modeling agency. How much on average are you getting paid per shoot? I make like a thousand dollars. And how long is the shoot? All day. Okay. So 12 like eight, days. 12 hours. You're, you're like in underwear for 12 yeah. hours. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I'm naked for 24 sometimes. So That's true. it was 12 hours in underwear. So that whole thing about like fluffers, is that real? Do they like keep you going? Yeah, you'd be a great fluffer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting back to it. 
So you go on the show, right? After the show, how many followers do you get? After the show? Yeah. I think I end up like 2.2. That's where I'm at right now. I'm guessing so. So 2.2 though, because you had the wildest things happen. Hannah Brown's season was one of the biggest after Colton's season. Yep. At no point were contestants, not leads, contestants getting millions of followers. And you and Hannah end up potentially leaving everybody on the edge of their seat. We're possibly going to get back. We're going to go on a date. Paparazzi's following you around New York City. And then all of a sudden, this dude from a fucking ABC reality show is now dating the top supermodel in the world. Did all that stuff instantly catapult your growth? Or are you saying you were at 2.2 right after I think the show? I was like, I was already there. I was already high. I think I just kind of solidified where I was and who I was in that moment. Okay. But damn, I was a lot cooler back then. <laughs> <laughs> why do you say that? What you, like business-wise, why do you say that? No, I mean. Like I, relevancy? Is that what you're Well, yeah, but. You're no. still pretty relevant. No, relevant for sure, for sure. But like, uh, I think we're, we're, we're television personalities. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so like the only time we grow or we pop is when we're on TV. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and, and I think part of it too is like, I'm not built for social media. You know? Like doing content stuff? Yeah. Like I, I'm not good at it. And only thing I'm good at taking my shirt off on social media. Like I don't sit around making like, I think of like ideas or jokes or things to make, you know, like people do that and they're great at it. Like Matt's yeah. great at social media. Yeah. Matt's great at social. You know? Yeah. But I can never do that. All right. And it's also not fulfilling to me. Okay. Interesting. All right. We're going to get into what is fulfilling to you before we do. Uh, I want to talk about after the show, you go on one season, it changes your life. 2.2 million followers. Life is looking a whole lot different than it was before. And I've always wondered this, and I don't think I've ever asked you, because it's pretty genius that you'll only, from a career perspective and financial perspective, that you decided to go on one show and not go on Paradise and not become The Bachelor. Was that by coincidence or was that by design? Well, Paradise, I was never, the first Paradise off the show, I was never allowed to go. Why? Because I think I was too far. Like, it, like I was like the last two. Gotcha. And so I think they already were in like production and or like already getting people ready to go film for that while I was still kind of. Okay. Career business wise. Do you, would you have done it if you were asked? Well, I mean, I got asked the bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. But but were you asked to be the bachelor before you were asked to go on paradise? Yeah. You were. Mm -hmm. And what made you say no to the bachelor? Well, actually, I don't think I ever got asked to be on Paradise. At that point, I think they're only asking me to be a bachelor. Actually, now I'm starting to have flashbacks. You and I were doing a Heineken campaign. Andy Roddick Andy sitting Rod- on the tennis court. Yeah, that guy was crushing us. He was like having, he was chirping us. Remember when Andy Roddick, he came up to us, he goes, oh, there's something similar between me and you guys. We all finished second and third. <laughs> the only difference is I'm on an international stage playing with the best athletes yeah, in the world. He paid a lot he more like, to do so, he too. He was chirping us so hard. But you told me then. They're asking you to be the bachelor, and you said that you decided not to do it, and you didn't want to do it. My intuition—you didn't say it—but my intuition was that you were. It was because you were busy talking to possibly Gigi. I think there's probably some truth to that, but I honestly, really, I remember when I got off the show, I met with some like I had an agent, and I fired that. Like I had a talent agent, yeah, and then I fired that talent agent, and then I took a meeting with uh, my new agents. And it's funny because they, they, they were all these young girls at WME. Yep. And they were all, I didn't know this at the time, but they were all junior agents. They weren't even real agents yet, but okay. they all played me like they were real agents. <laughs> I love that. But there was one agent that really stuck out to me and like really became really tight and close with me. And when I came to them, I had all these ideas and things I wanted to do. Okay. And she's like, usually when talent comes to us, they don't really have anything. 
they want to do. They expect us to do that. Sure. And she's like, that really shocked us. Like, we didn't even want to sign you. We just wanted to just to hear the gossip, you know? <laughs> but then after the, I left that meeting, they all wanted to sign me. Okay. And so, but they, they all thought that if I were to do it at that time, it would have just pigeonholed me. That would have been like the end of what I could have done. Career-wise, they said if you so they like kind of like, you'll be the bachelor, you'll always be the bachelor. Yeah. Don't be the bachelor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're offered the opportunity. Now you look at the show, and we're going to get back into your modeling and construction, but you look at where the show is, not doing quite as well as it was during the days that you were on it. Mm-hmm. Would you, and you're still single though, still a massive commodity in the dating scene. Would you ever become the bachelor? I always say I never say never. I think like, cause like I'm not a person who thinks of things as like, oh, I'm too good for this. I'm too good for that. Yeah. Like if something's cool or fun, I want to do it. Like, it'd be so cool to like tell my kids when, yes, yeah, son, I was the bachelor. <laughs> and I did this and I, you know, to yeah. me, like that's what life's about. Like making like, adventures and experiences and like that to me that shit's cool you know i can yeah. give a sh- like in the day like it's all it's all story you yeah. know yeah and um so that's why i never i say never say never but i think you know the bachelor needs to evolve a little bit yeah i think it's How kind so? of I, I think it's just it's still set like it's you know season 12 of the bachelor yeah, it's still yeah. the same thing yeah production you wise production wise yeah. and I think there needs to be an evolution of it. They need to change it a little bit. They need to get more fun. Like, I don't even watch it right now. The only way I watch it is through Jared Freed's uh, yeah, yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, I think that's the only way I keep, keep up with it. It's just like, it's just. Let's do a hypothetical. I'm the new executive producer in town. The Bachelor hires me. Mm-hmm. And I say, we're going to change it up. We're going to make it. It's going to be a really cheap show. Everything's going to be about making money. It's good. <laughs> we're going to budget the shows. No, no, no. We're going to make it every, it's going to be up times. It's going to be everything that Tyler Cameron would want. And I have to negotiate with you to take on the role. How much is it going to cost me? It's going to cost you a lot of money. How much we talk? I don't know. 500? No. Million. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Think about how things have changed from asking dad to take Gigi Hadid out for dinner money to more than seven but, but figures to it, get. It's not a guy. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's also like, it's a, it's a readiness thing too. What you you know, like there's things in my life I want to accomplish before I, I get to that. Ever, ever do something like that. And what's that? What do you want to accomplish? Like right now, like I'm sorry, I started a company, like a construction company and I have all these things that I'm working on right now. And I think that like I, I had like a switch flip for me and I go to these events in New York and LA and I got tired of just building everyone else's dream. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing for myself? Like I'm making money here and there, all these things. And I just kept buying land with it and like I'm building houses and I'm doing that. But, but really it was a lot of it was just like buying land, you know, putting my pops to work because he wasn't working for at one point for a little bit. Yeah. You know, and then now like he started, now he's working like crazy. He's busy with a bunch of projects now. So, but it was like, what am I doing for myself? Yeah. And that's part of why I moved back to Jupiter is because there's just, in New York, I'm a small fish in a big pond. Yeah. In yep. Jupiter, I'm a big fish in a small pond. And this is a very wealthy pond down here. It is. It's a very, it's a very, very wealthy pond down here. So I can make a name for myself. Like I'm getting ready to pitch a bar and restaurant concept to a group of people. Like I'm, I have all these opportunities that I would never have in New York City. Yeah. But here I have a name. I can make something happen. I can build a legacy here. Uh, so that's why I kind of got, I kind of stopped with like being in New York, being in that scene, just going to these events and these dinners and all that stuff. I was like, no, I want to have the dinners. I want to have the events. I want to have people coming and talking about what I'm doing. I think it's a huge misconception for people out there. And I joke around about it with you, but like Tyler Cameron, shirt off, 
for the like trying to attract women and go on dates. But there is a massive entrepreneurial and investor side that I think the world like doesn't know about mm-hmm. you. And hopefully at some point will, or you'll continue to share those stories because you share them with me and I'm like blown away. And I do want to talk about those. But I also want to challenge you for a second. If you did a model shoot today and it was 12 hours, what would you charge? Ideally, in a perfect world. It varies. Ball, ball, it varies. Ball, ball, like 20, 30 grand, 40 grand, like ballpark. I mean, I had a job that, caught, that, that, that we charged 94. 90 grand. Okay. So I had a charge that we, you know, charged there. It just depends on what it okay, is. So like, here's what, okay. Like I did Calvin Klein yeah. for $7,500. Hunter, let's say you, you did one shoot for 90K. Let's say on average, based on what you're telling me, in a day's work for modeling, you get 60 grand on average. You, you can buy them all. Is that fair? Yeah, but, okay. but we're also more selective. We're not doing, I'm not doing jobs all the time. You're not doing all the jobs. But here's, my, here's the point of why I said that. Before the show, getting 1000 for 12 hours. After the show, you've built this brand. You're doing mm-hmm. really well with it. Now you're getting an entrepreneurial world. 60000 all from the starting point of a show. Now obviously, you've grown it to another level. Why would investing another three months into possibly being the lead of another reality show, would you look at it as a step back? when you've seen your rates and everything multiply by like a hundred times. I I definitely think it is a way to boost what's going on, you know? Yeah. And it's a way to get a bunch of attention and things you're doing, but like, let's talk, let's talk strategy. Yeah. Why would I just do it if I don't have everything set in place? You know, I see what you're saying. Why would I, why would I guys, there is a brilliant brain behind those blue eyes and big muscles. (laughs) Why would I just do what you're saying? So what you're saying is why don't you build the empire? So you have 8 million things to be able to endorse and promote Mm -hmm. while you're on that stage. That's brilliant. Everyone goes on the bachelor or bachelorette, whatever it is, but they don't have anything for themselves at that point. Yeah. 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 So you're trying to build equity in things before you start just getting on a stage, showing your love life again. You know? Wow. Like to me, like I've, the Bachelor is a great opportunity. Yeah, like it's and like I like I think it's a. I mean, it's an amazing concept. It's worked for years. Yep, and it would be a great thing to do one day. Do I want to do it now? Not necessarily because I want to build things for myself. First. I see what you're saying. So once you have that empire in place, and it's a possibility. And then you go do TV shows. You now have all these empires to speak to. Exactly. Okay, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. One thing you did say because I want to get into all the entrepreneurial side of you, but one thing you mentioned earlier, and I think. People probably heard it. And then we just got carried away with your awesome story is that you fired a talent agent and you fired your modeling agency. Peel the curtain back a little bit there. Why would you fire an agent? What are you looking for in an agent? Things that we normally at home never get to hear from people like you. Well, I fired my my first modeling agent I fired in Miami because it really was just because my, the agents I had, they're like, you don't need a, you don't need a Miami agent. You're bigger, you know, you, you don't need that. You have too many agents, you know? And, and I, there was no real reason to fire. They were good to, they were great to me, you know, but it was just like, you're growing too big for that, for that, for that market. You need to get out of it, uh-huh. you know, and you don't want that control over you. My talent agent, uh, we didn't work out because there were some things I, th- I felt that were inappropriate. Okay. And, uh, and so I just, I fired him. Inappropriate. Yeah. Like, kind of like said some things to me, like, kind of like in this industry, you got to do some things to, you know, get some places. And I was like, well, I'll go back. I'll go back to picking up a shovel and swinging a hammer before I ever do anything like that. Like you're talking about like acts of sex. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, who him? Just, I don't know. I mean, he just, he made it, you know, he just made it. So that's because that's a world I haven't seen that exists then. Mm -hmm. And so, so like that comment was made and and I was just like, I'm good. And not many people know that. And then another one was, uh, and then like, you know, 
Yeah, I was just leave it at that. that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's enough. So, wow. Okay, that stuff does happen. I want to drill down, but I won't. I'll respect that. Do you ever get worried about? I was. I was thinking about you at the other day. Like, where, as you manage your career, do you get worried when you're at? I think you were at what bar was it? A bounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the owner's name again? Bounce is great. We have yeah. all done. Uh, what, what's his name? Cole. Cole. He's awesome. Beauty, married, his wife is awesome, yep. kids, great. But do you get worried at all that like when you're at all these events with all these girls around and there's a new headline of you dating someone career-wise that hurts the brand or do you see that as a way of elevating the brand? I don't think it's the best for the brand, you know? Like if I want to be super strategic about what I'm doing, you know, like I felt, I came off the shows like America's Sweetheart. Yeah. You know, like I was like America's boyfriend and this and that shit. And like, I like to party, I like to have a good time. You know, I like to yeah. go out and, and meet people and all that stuff. I do these parties and stuff for these clubs and whatnot. Yeah. And it's more so like, it's like, I don't go out like down here much. Right. Yeah. Jupiter's chill. I go on my boat and that's kind of what I do. But if I get an opportunity to go out, I'll try and double it up for a weekend, get like two events and get paid cash. And, and then, but it's really so about like me and my boys just having fun. So it's five, you're hitting five birds with one stone. You're yeah. getting your flights paid for. Your boys are having fun. You're having a good time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like just, it's checking just a fun all weekend. I'm making some money. And I, I have a little, I have like a, a little cash box that I make from all these events. Yep. And I've just been putting it away, putting it away, putting it away. Do you ever, when you do an event like this, do it's you my ever, classic car fund. <laughs> do you ever get or try and negotiate percentage of sales from the yeah, bar when you show up? Sometimes. Okay. Gotcha. So if you're if you're doing a bar event, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. You're walking away with somewhere. I mean, bars. It's only you can only do so much. Ten to fifteen k. Yeah, you don't make. It's not much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Let's get into entrepreneurial tire Cameron. So now you're making some money. You're you're coming back from where you were. You're seeing some of the rates. You guys are hearing about them. What's the first entrepreneurial move you made post show? where you actually now have equity in a play. You are now building your empire. You are no longer living someone else's dream. You're living your own dream. I think the first true equity play was Three Natives, was the restaurants down here. Yeah, yeah so Three Natives it. is like a smoothie, acai juice company. It's, it's big in Florida. We got like, there's 22 stores. They're signed up for, to do 15 this year. And so your first store, how did you start it and what did you invest so, in? So so the first store, it's actually Matt James started the relationship. Okay. So Matt, Matt by the way, I need Matt on this podcast. He is probably the best networker I know. Yeah. He yeah. knows everybody. Mm-hmm. But Matt's been like that since college. He just and network, it's, network, and it's network. pure. It's genuine. It's real. It's yeah. intentional. It's great. Okay. So, so Matt sets it up. So Matt, so Matt was just there eating all the time. And okay. and the guy comes up to Matt. He's like, if you guys come and eat at my store and post about it. It's like right in the start of COVID, like, you know, right, like mid COVID. Yeah. You know, like Florida's opened up. We can go to the restaurants now, you know, like if you post about it. And he was like worried that like sales were crap, you know. Yeah. And he's like, you post about it, you know, you guys can eat free food all week. So we're like, fuck yeah, we, we were posting about that <laughs> shit all the time. We were getting free food always. And his sales went skyrocketed, right? And he's like, I can breathe again. And then me and him became really good friends. And he goes, Tyler, let's do a deal together. Like, I want you to help be like the face of three natives. I was like, all right, cool. He's like, I'm going to give you your first store. You know, let's do like a social contract for it. So we did a social contract for it. And I got my first store literally right down the street from here. Okay. And uh, it was a store that was like kind of flailing. It was an existing three natives from a different franchisee. And he bought it and we made a deal. And 
I got equity in that in that restaurant. What does it cost to buy a franchise? That like one that? costed us two hundred grand. Okay, and what what percentage partners are you? Guys? I'm forty. He's sixty. Gotcha. And he's operating on a day to day basis. Yeah, he runs it. And I just I show up, eat, and post stories about it all the time. And does is it profitable? Yeah. Oh yeah, we crushed it. Really? Yeah. We are, we already made our money back. And how long did that take? A, a year. In a restaurant. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Yeah, we grossed nine hundred and eighty thousand last year, and we netted around two fifty. And that's with how many stores? Just that that's store. That's just, just that store. What? Yep. And Acai Bowl is almost a million dollars? Yep. That, wow. And then like a month later, I went and bought the that same guy who was uh, selling that store in Abacoa. I went, he's selling a store in Boca. He had two stores and he was kind of letting them both fall apart. Okay. I went and bought that store in Boca and I put my buddy JP to run it because he's been training at Three Natives because he wanted to do oh, a yeah, store. JP, yeah, so yeah. I put JP in that store. We split it 50-50. I put the money down. He pays me back on my money. How long did that take to get your money back? He's still he's still working on it. that store because that store has a little bit more expenses to it. Yeah, so it's a little slower. So we'll be about a year and a half until I get my money back. Guys, these numbers that he's saying as far as return on investment with a restaurant are insanely impressive. We'll talk about what the average is versus what Tyler's doing. It's wildly impressive. So mm-hmm. that's second store. How many stores do you have now? So I'm opening my third one right now. Where, where is that? That's going to open West Palm. West Palm Beach. Same <clears throat> partnership structure. Well, different. This one I'm going to put money down. Okay, and it'll still be a 60-40 break because he'll run it. But what's nice is that it's not a cor- it's a corporate store. Okay. So we don't have to pay like 6% royalty fees or anything like that. Yeah. So Interesting. We make some more money there. All right. This is the start of Tyler building his empire. I told you guys there's a lot going on between those two years. That's really impressive. <laughs> so that's three restaurants. That's three franchisees. You have negotiated your equity. You've gotten your cash back. You have operators. I mean, that's, that's wildly impressive. The first question I have, I'm going back to where I started. Where is this being funded by? Is this all being funded by income you're now making post-show? Yeah. Got yep. it. And that's why like, I have, like, I'll, I'll, I'll never bash The Bachelor. The Bachelor yeah. gave me so much life and so much yeah. opportunity and gave my family life and opportunity. It's you pretty know? cool when you think about like, it like that. I was able to, like, my dad was struggling a little bit with work. It was slow. I started buying land and he started building for me, you know? And, like, I wasn't really into the business yet because I was still bouncing around all over the world, you know? And my little brother, he, you know, during quarantine, he grew, like, 100,000 followers. So he was able to make money with the NIL deals in college. Like, they that's thought he was very so marketable, cool. like, it's so cool, like, like what The Bachelorette did for me. And so, like, I have nothing but love for that franchise, for the people, for the fan base. They're the most loyal, best fan base in the world. Yeah. And so, and so, like, if someone, like, that's why, like, like my ex used to get so mad at me because, like, someone would stop us in the street and ask for a picture. And I would do it all the time because without them, I don't know that shit, you know. Yeah. Like, I think I would still be successful in making construction the other way. But not at the rate. But, but the not way. at the rate that I am now, you know. And so... It's like, uh, it's, I have nothing but love like and just gratefulness for what that show has done for me, for what the show can do and what the show has been. Yeah. Oftentimes I'll be asked like, would you do it again if you could? And I like laugh. I'm like, when I do it again, yeah. in every single way, it's changed my life. What I do for work, how I build businesses, who I'm engaged to, conversations, friendships I have. There's not a regret in the world and I'll forever be grateful for that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean, and this is where I push back on people, it doesn't mean you can't have an opinion on the show. It doesn't mean they can make adjustments. It doesn't mean you don't have to love everything they do. Exactly. But we're always, I think well, you'll always be grateful for the show. Always. When you look at those revenue streams that are now funding all these things that are helping your family grow, and now you're building such a presence in Jupiter, which has been the most lucrative? Is it modeling? Is it appearance? Social, social media. Social by, media by a long shot. Uh, yeah. So you'll make more in a post my, than you will. My uncle, he's a really, really big, smart business guy. Yeah. He, he put down, he made me do a list. It was all the ways I make money. Yeah. And it was uh, 
and then what makes me the happiest out of those things. So it was like a ranking, you know, and it was like one was social media, two was like appearances and like TV, radio, three, you know, modeling. And then like, you know, and like four, it was funny. Like the things that were number one, like the highest on my, like, you know, return of investment, let's say sure, like the sure. highest things I make money the quickest were my least things that make me the happiest. Intra- what was high on your happiness? Yeah. It was like construction. It was things that challenged me. Building yeah. types. Construction stuff. was the hardest thing I've ever done. Okay. So this, I think this is a really good lesson for the people back home. You take a T-chart. You write what can make you the most money, but then you write what makes you the happiest. How do you adjust it when they're asked backwards? So, so he was like, what about finding the joy in social media? Like, why don't you like that? I was like, I don't really like social media because I just I think it's a fake i think it's toxic i hate reading what people you know have to say and shit like it it, it kind of it warps your brain a little bit you know fair. and i don't like it i just don't like being around it i don't like you know to me it's just a dating app at this point i don't really even check it out for <laughs> anything else you know <laughs> is that where you're landing all these big dates is it all is it all through social media <laughs> yeah. i'm in jupiter there ain't much else around it's like, or i gotta go back to the girls i met in high school you know unbelievable all right first of all i want to just say that practice i think is really important what makes you the most money top down what makes you the happiness and then finding a way to like tie in the relationship exactly. because i think if in that what your uncle said is if you do have one of those that are too weighted it could really impact the severity of mm-hmm. either your success or your happiness yeah but what, what i do believe though is like construction and things that do make me happiest can make me like the, the most yeah. money in time i just have to learn how to get there and do that well that that comes into my next step you've done the modeling you've done the tv work you've you have your podcast you got a, your franchisees now like you have a million things going what's the next step building that Tyler Cameron empire that gets you to the point where you're like, okay, whether it's a bachelor or whatever, I would go on the main stage now because I have it. What's that next thing? I think it's building a a construction company that I'm confident in that I can deliver to people and know that even if I'm not there, it's getting a run right. You know, uh, my little brother is getting ready to graduate. I have a lot of pressure. I've I've been stressed out of my mind. Why is that? Because I got a lot of overhead. I got a lot of people I'm paying for right now. And and I got my little brother who's getting ready to graduate. And he wants to come work for me. So it's like, I got to figure out how to make all these pieces work. You know? And I'm the kind of person that's like, I'm going to die swinging or I'm going to fail completely. Yeah. You know? Love but like, because I don't want to cut people off. Like, I got people that I love that work. Like, that's part of the, I mix friendships. You know, I got friends that are working with me and whatnot. And that makes it hard. It muddies the water a little bit. But so I got a lot of pressure on me to try and make all these pieces work right now. Yeah. yeah. That, that can add up quick. Mm-hmm. Are you flipping homes? Are you building them ground up? Just give me the business model. So I think, I think the, best, the best thing for me to do to make money is building from ground up, spec okay. homes. I have a couple of strategies I want to do. And I think it just depends on what's going on in the markets. Right, right now is kind of a, a, a holding time. Like things aren't really selling well. Yeah. But there's, there's properties that I have that you want to build the house and sell it and get rid of it. Okay. But then I have some properties and locations that I'm like, this, could, this should be a rental. This gotcha. should be a rental. Let's buy. Let's buy. Let's build it, refinance it, rent it, and then and move on to the next one. For the sake of time, I, I want people to take this from home. If you buy a spec home, how long does that take you? It's like six up? to eight months. Six to eight months. And ideally, in a perfect world, what kind of return are you looking for when you do a spec home? I mean, you, you want to make anywhere from 10 to 
Okay. You know? So you're investing the capital, you're buying the land, you're then general, con- so you're contracting out the work, mm-hmm. managing the cost of that, managing the people of that, yep. getting the house up in eight to 12 months mm-hmm. and flipping it at 10 to 20%. That's the perfect case scenario. Yeah. But I mean, I mean the one I just sold, we made a killing on because I, I bought it, I bought the land before the market went crazy and I sold it at a high, I, I thought I, I bought this house, I bought the land at 175. Okay. My neighbors are now selling their land at 420. Oh, that's just the land. That's just the land. Okay. So you're making so, 200, 300% just on the land. Yeah. So I bought that house. I think I was going to sell it for like 900, $950,000. I saw the market keep going up. So I started adding nicer finishes to all my houses. And what I thought I was going to sell at 920, I sold at 1.4. 1.4. And what were your all in costs? My all in costs. I, so I, I walked away. So I'm all in my class for about a million dollars and I walked away with 450. 450. I mean, yeah. you think about that. You do a few of those a year. I mean, it's a hell of a year, especially mm-hmm. when you put it on top of everything else. I now see why the construction construction side uh, could start to outpace the Instagram modeling side. Yeah. Interesting. For someone back home who's looking at buying a house from a builder who built a spec house, just as a consumer, like if I walk into one of a house that's being built, what is something I should know that as a consumer, I wouldn't know, but a builder could tell me? I think with a spec home, you know what you're going to get, Okay, right? Like you, you know, you know, the bones are going to be good. You know, you know, like it's like when you get an older house, it's going to have wear and tear. So I think when you're buying a spec home, you're going to pay the premium because you're, you're walking into a brand new house, yep. right? You're getting it fixed. You're going to finish the way you want it finished and done the way you want it to be done, especially if you buy it early in the build process. You know, you get to pick out all the finishes and whatnot. But so there's a little customization to it. So that's like the nice part. But you're going to pay a premium for that. Okay. But when you buy an older house, you know, you're going to have to do some work to it and whatnot. Unless you have the ability to go in there and flip it, renovate it yourself. Buying a spec is probably the best way to go. Okay. But if I'm buying a spec, is, is that one thing I should be like, give me one thing to look for if I'm buying a spec house. Is it the quality? Is it the brands of the doors? Is it the fucking doorknobs? Like what well, I mean, is all one that's thing I should All that's for? important. You know, if you're, if you're paying 1.45 million, you want to make sure you're getting, you know, the type of packages that fit that, you know, uh-huh. you, you want to make sure you're not getting like the standard Home Depot, you know, three piece package, you know, from, you know, like for, for 1200 $2,200, you know, you yeah. want to make sure you're getting a nice package. You want to make sure you're getting, 3CM, you know, quartz countertops. You want to make sure you're getting the nice stuff. You don't want to just get like, you know, I go to one of these nice rich condos sometimes. Mm-hmm. They got these little countertops and these, I'm like, this is cheap, you know? Yeah. You know, you want to make sure your, your cabinets are nice. You know, I think a lot of, you know, you walk into a lot of houses and you'll see builders, they'll, they'll sell you on, like in Florida, they can sell you on a high price right now because everyone's paying it. Gotcha. But they're going to put cheap finishes in it. Okay, watch out for those finishes. I'll tell you what, whether it's building a house, it's acai bowls, it's modeling, it's finding the next date, Tyler, there's a lot of depth here. There's a lot going on here. Let's do a quick rapid fire before we wrap up and get your trading secret on all things money to revenue generation. You ready for it? Mm -hmm. Okay. What is the most credit card debt you ever had, whether it's pre-show or post-show? So we're renovating a bunch of houses right now. Okay. (laughs) You're like it's steep right now. And I saw I saw a credit card bill for one hundred and eighty one thousand dollars. Wait, was it all paid off? It got, yeah, gets, I mean, it gets paid off every month. Did any interest get put on that? No. Or no? All right. Well, you're collecting the points. I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so you got that. So I got that. Yeah, but that was the biggest one I've seen. You you, have you ever been in like financial trouble before? Where you're rolling? I've never been in debt. I never. My dad's always been against debt. But I tell you one thing I've learned is like it's credit cards are dangerous. Dangerous. It's easy to 
next thing you know, I'm like, fuck, I got a $20,000 bill this month or 15,000, you know, I'm like, what happened to the days where I was like spending $5,000, yeah. you know? So it, it just, you got to be careful when you get a credit card. It's so easy to just swipe it at dinner and pay for everyone's dinner and whatnot. It's really tough to budget when you have a credit card, if you're not diligent with it, what is the best financial decision you've ever made or investment? It's the investment I didn't make is, is the, is the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. There was a lot. So where I live in Jupiter, right? Half the, half the neighborhood's on the water, half the neighborhood's not. And yeah. there was a lot behind me that was on the water. And it was being sold for $650,000 right before COVID. And it was a teardown. You had to tear it down, whatever. And it was a cash deal. I was really into this deal. It would have pretty much been like three-fourths of all my money to do this. Okay. It would have been a huge investment. And we were all sent home for COVID. I was a little nervous. I was like, what's work going to be? So I backed out of it. That house is now, you know, rebuilt. And now it's over three and a half million dollars. So what's your takeaway? Take the shot. So, so now I was like, you're never going to get in the game unless you start taking shots. Like yeah. if you sit on the sidelines, you'll never, there's, when's the right time to get in business? No there perfect. is no right there time. No you just got to go. And then you learn, you know? And so I started buying land. I started, and every piece of land I bought, I made money on. Interesting. And I haven't even sold them yet, but I've made money on. Interesting. You know? Landowner, construction flipper. All right. What is the most you've ever spent on a date? Probably a thousand dollars. Okay, That's not, I thought it was gonna be more than that. No. What is one thing that you spend money on, but you're never going to discontinue that, even if like food. I gotta pull back. I love food. I love date. I love dinner dates. I love sitting down and talking, like having nice wine and good food. Like sometimes I'll just tell the chef, pick whatever you want. Got it. All right, and surprises. I make it fun. Podcasting or a post on social media. What's making you more money? Uh, in total, uh, probably social media in total. What's the best brand deal you've ever done in social media? Best brand deal I've ever done in social media. Man, them deals with Bumble used to kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because of the results yeah, or my, the money? My Steve Madden deal was great. Steve Madden deal? Yeah. The, what, the, how the, much did you like post? That, that was my modeling. That was just a modeling shoot. Okay. Yeah, that was a great one. Six-figure opportunity? Yeah. No, was, right. I, I, I had some six-figure ones. Yeah, I don't even know which ones. I mean, I've had great ones. I don't know. I don't want you to get in trouble with the brand. What is the most you've ever been paid for anything post-Bachelorette for doing some type of collaboration or work or anything? What's the biggest dollar number you've gotten since the show? I think I, I did a deal. It was like a, it was a, it was like a two-post deal for like two fifty. That's 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 pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. It was not, I'm not bad. I'm, I can't think of them. I mean, I've had some big ones, but yeah, I think that I was like for the lightest amount of work. And they like, and they were buying my books. Like, the, like they were made. I made a deal where they had to buy a bunch of my books and give them to all my fans and whatnot. Book deal too. That's another one I forgot to get into. All right, all things here, man. You have so much going on. I don't know how you keep up with it all because what's interesting is majority of people see Tyler Cameron and your next date. You know, they see, mm -hmm. oh, he's talking to this person that there is so much more going on behind the scenes, especially as you're building this empire. Based on everything you got going. How long do you think it's going to take you for you to have all your stones in place to where you want to go? You know, give me, give me a couple of years. A couple of years. Give me a couple of years. Okay. You know, give me a year or two. Okay. I think, I think I got things going the right way. Uh, I'm in, I think that's part of the reason why I moved back to Jupiter is because okay. I want to make a name for myself down here. I want to build something special. And I think I got a lot of really cool things in the works. And then I think it's going to be ways for people to, to understand me more. Yeah. I think it's going to be ways for people to come take be a part of what i'm doing okay you know so i'm excited these next couple of years are gonna be huge we'll stay tuned for that i have two last quick questions before we get your trading secret first one is you've 
you know, you've dated some massive celebrities, you've come across some massive successful business people, celebrities, individuals that like run the world. I've seen you in pictures with them. When you think about all these people you've come across and met, can you think of one person, one bit of advice that someone gave you that has had a big impact on your career direction or financial moves or anything like that? You've met some high, I met some high high places. I met some some great people, but I think you meet these people, you meet these all these people in passing, you know. Yeah, and you have some good conversations with them, and a lot of conversations get lost. You know, I, I'm, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Jay. I think some of the best conversations I've had and and learning things and growing and whatnot, and has been like whenever I leave a conversation with you, I always feel like I've learned something. Or you have me, you leave, I leave there thinking. Mm. And so I think that's always been like, like, you've been someone who I've admired in this space because you work your ass off. You're the biggest hustler I know. Like, I have nothing but respect for the way you do things, the way you go about things. But to me, no one's made me think more really in this space, like in this like famous, famous influencer, whatever space. Yeah. No one's made me think or leave a conversation more than you when I've talked with you. Wow, I appreciate so, that, man. You, uh, that. you you definitely are special. You inspire people. You teach people a lot of things, which I think is so cool. Like you started Trading Secrets. Like it's a finance podcast, but you're a bachelor guy. You found your niche and like you ran with it like, and you're really good. Like, you have a gift. And so like, every time I've come to see you and meet you, I've always learned something. You know, I'm, you always get me thinking more how I can do this or do that for my business and whatnot. So. I think you're the person I've had a lot of like the most important conversations that had my brain clicking the most. I love yeah. that. that. That means a lot. I appreciate it. And after this conversation, it's making me think maybe we got to partner up on something. Yeah. Maybe we got to do something. We will. Before we get your trading secret, I want to give you the chance. I think there are some, there are misconceptions or there are either what people think of Tyler Cameron because they see a post or something. What is the biggest thing you think that people think they know about you, but don't know about you what is one thing about tyler cameron I mean, you I think want it's a, someone to know i think it's a lot of those things we discussed today yeah you know it's like everyone's like get a job you don't want to do this yeah. you don't do that but like you have 40 jobs bro i stop worrying about trying to convince myself to people yeah you know like yeah. i don't care part of like why i love being about here in jupiter is like it's just made me realize like the only thing i'm doing this for is for my future yeah you know and i'm doing it for the people around me to put them in positions like i hope if you come to me and you're with me, you leave like somewhat motivated, somewhat happier or a way to make money together. You know, like, like that's what I hope to inspire with like my friends and people around me. That's huge. You know? And so like I stopped caring like about misconceptions or whatever, because whether I tell you what I think is like wrong, you're never going to listen. No. Exactly. You know, and a lot of it's projection, you know? ton of its projection so i i don't care anymore you can think about yeah. me whatever you want whatever space you think i am i'm a fuck boy or i'm this or i'm that it's whatever it is what it is ignore the noise people love to see people fail and you just keep pushing yeah forward my dad always said man is uh they love to see you rise but they love even more to see you fall yeah. you know there's truth to that pops knows all right we got to wrap with your trading secret you've given a lot of advice and insight here career wise financial wise but it's one trading secret people can't learn in a textbook they can't learn in a classroom they could just learn from your experience tc1 trading secret what can you leave the viewers with you know i don't got no y equals mx plus b type finance <laughs> trading secret for theorem. you you know 
But what I'll leave you with is life is fragile. We get one life. We get one chance to go through this whole thing. And, you know, be happy with what you're doing and go for it. Because I think the only thing that holds us back is self-sabotage. You know, lack of belief in ourselves, lack of belief in, in the people. And I deal with it. I deal with it all the time. You know, I'm like, damn, I, I shouldn't be in this position. I'm not good enough for this or I can't be there. But that's just the fucking devil. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm on brain talking. Just go. Believe in yourself and put yourself out there. There's no, I don't got no finance or no trading seeker like that, but it's just belief yeah. and, and live life. Like go for it because you only get one, one time to do this. You know, I lost my mom. She's 55 years old. You know, I wish she was still here. And mm-hmm. there's things that I didn't get to live out with her that I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, my biggest goal was I was going to surprise her and renovate her house, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm doing that now, but there's things that like you never will get a chance to ever do again. So go do them, go explore, live life, making an adventure and live it to the fullest. Like that's what I try to do. Like I try to make everything fun because if it's, if you're not having fun with it, leave it, lose it, you know, make that list. You know, what makes you the most money and what makes you the happiest and see where the balance is. That's hell of a trading secret, especially for you being like, I don't have that finance information. I mean, that's brilliant. Your every shot you've taken has put you in the position you're in today. Mm-hmm. You know, mom's looking down and she's proud of who you are and what you're doing and, and what's to come. So Tyler, thank you for being vulnerable, open, honest, and just honestly giving us so much wisdom as it relates to career navigation, financial advice, money management, and what's next. Where can everyone find everything you got going on? You know, we have the Everybody But Me show on Tuesdays, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we talk about dating there and, and dating mishaps. I had some DMs when I was on the show. People didn't know how to sh- download it. Can you explain? Yeah, there's an app called Amp. So right now we're on an app called Amp. You have to download it to listen to it. It's a live radio show. It comes on at 6 o'clock every Tuesday, uh, Eastern time. And then we have, it goes on YouTube like a week or two later usually. Cool. But catch it live. It's fun because then you can call in and join, join in the fun and we can talk with you and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we have that. The charity is going amazing right now. We just signed on for our next gala, October 26th. So it's in the calendar. Ticket sales will be out there for that soon. We're going to do it. We're working on possibly doing a 5K or 10K race down here. Working on doing a pickleball tournament down here for the foundation. We're working on a deal right now. This is, this is one, of, one of the things I'm most excited about. Okay. We're working on a deal right now where we pay 12 grand and then Bright Futures possibly will pay the other 12 grand. We're going to give kids full tuition. Wow. To go to college. And I mean, my mom was a super mom and all she cared about was helping people get to college and, and further their life. And this is how we continue our legacy. So, you know, that's one thing, you know, when people donate to our foundation, whatever, it is going to these kids and these kids are getting full tuition now, which I'm so excited about. Like that's, that's changing lives. It's unbelievable. I mean, people think it starts, starts and stops with modeling and shirt up. I mean, you have an unbelievable foundation. You're changing kids' lives. You have construction deals going left and right. You have the Acai franchise. You have a book out. You have a podcast out. You have more TV opportunities. You're still having some fun with the boys doing appearances. The list is endless with you. Uh, you are an inspiration. Keep moving forward. Ignore the noise. And Tyler Cameron, if you guys aren't following him, go follow everything. Download his show and Thank you for being on Train Secrets. Of course. Now let's go make business happen. Let's go, Jay, let's baby. Go make, let's go make a deal, baby. Let's go make a deal. Ding, ding, ding. We are closing in the bell to the stud of all studs, the prince of The Bachelor, the king of the kings in the celebrity dating world, Tyler Cameron. There is, whole, like I said in this interview, there is a whole lot going on between those two ears. 
And I will, I'll start off with this. I have got to know Tyler since the day he got off the show till today. Our friendship has increased by the days. And I consider Tyler a good friend there right now. He is awesome. We talk weekly. We talk about a lot deeper stuff than just bullshit and business. So anyway, that's Tyler Cameron. And we got the curious Canadian with us. And I am I am just really excited for this feedback and your insight because I know you always have a different perspective and I know it's going to be interesting. So David Arderham, welcome to the recap and tell me what you're thinking. Great to be here. Uh, I know I was the critical Canadian last week. I'm back to the curious Canadian. Wait um, a second. I want to yes. put out there because yes. we received some feedback on this. Okay. Yeah. Last week, when we uploaded that episode, it was literally like 18 hours, maybe 12 yeah. hours from all the Vanderpump Rules news breaking. So I have so many DMs like, hey, great episode. Recap was great. You guys crushed it. Interesting sides of Katie I've never seen. But like, why did you guys not address the elephant in the room? Yeah, I, I wish we could have had like an emergency press conference and uh, been able to state those facts. But yeah, that was good timing to get the episode out, not knowing that the drama was about to unfold. Bad timing uh, that we recorded the recap, not in time for the for the juice. Uh, but Tyler Cameron, he gave us the juice. Um, his this episode was fantastic. I think Tyler is one of those white whale type of guests that you really, really want to have on and have on. And then you finally able to land them. And for you guys to be able to do it in person. And, you know, to be honest, Jay, I think before we get into the actual episode and, and what he said, I think that this is the perfect uh, guest to show why Trading Secrets is what Trading Secrets is. Uh, I know a lot of our fan base and us included are huge fans of Tyler and to have him on and hear him talk about things that he probably hasn't talked about in any other platform and anything else that he's ever done in his life. I think is really good for his fans and his viewership. And I think for guests and why we will continue to get high-end guests like Tyler is because we give them the platform to talk about other areas in life other than just what they're known for. So um, sitting back and listening to it, tons of takeaways, but also like made me feel really good about what we're doing here. And, and uh, Tyler was just awesome to have on. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think what we try to do with these guests too is yeah, we want to cover some of the trading secrets everyone wants to know at home, right? Like I'm going to ask some of these questions, but I'm also going to tie them back to business. So yeah, I'm curious about Gigi and all that stuff, but I'm not going to be like, what was dating like? And tell me about that. I want to bring it back to that moment where we're sitting together. He's like, dude, I don't have a, a buck to my account and I'm dating, you know, one of the hottest supermodels <laughs> in the entire world. How do I handle this? So I, that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. I texted you, uh, my jaw was on the floor when just like the visual of him having $200 in his bank account in a bathroom in some New York city restaurant, calling his dad for uh, a money transfer. And again, <laughs> bringing it back to finance, like Tyler Cameron, as we all viewed him, like all his fans are looking at him, 2 million followers dating like uh Gigi Hadid. Imagine like not knowing as a fan that he didn't have a credit card. That he was just so financially like inept in terms of financial literacy or or confidence, he didn't he didn't have a credit card. All these people, that's one thing I think. Like you you look at these influencers or celebrities and you think that they have it all figured out. The guy is running around New York City living on Matt uh, Matt James's beanbag with no credit card. I think about that also with with Caitlin too. Like she is yeah. an extremely successful business owner and mover and shaker, but she doesn't. Her, her expertise is very limited. And well, the point Ashley, of that is, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, Ashley too. When I met Ashley, my wife, she didn't have a credit card either. She was, you know, she was 30 years old, didn't have a credit card. Yeah, yeah. And I think the takeaway from that is you don't have to, for anyone back home, you don't have to be the expert. You don't have to know the finances. You don't have to know what a fucking credit card is. I mean, I'd highly recommend you do. But if you work with people and have experts in your corner that could help you, then you just keep doing what you're best at. That's what Tyler's doing. Like even, even if I'm being a little critical Canadian here, um, you know, he, he made some comments where he kind of fumbled over terminology. Like when he said like, hey, dad, I need you to put $200 in the account. Otherwise, my credit card wouldn't go through. And then later in the episode, he made it clear that he wasn't using credit cards at that time in his life. He was only using debit cards. So you could tell what he was actually trying to say is I told my dad to put $200 in my account so my debit card would go through because a credit card will almost always go through. Um, So yeah, I mean, a lot of back and forth with that. But yeah, a lot going on there. And I just think think the most impressive thing from Tyler, if I'm going to say this, with this conversation is his, his, he actually has this brilliant creative brain of coming up with ideas and then boom, getting them done. And so I know a project he's working on right now, I can't discuss in detail, but I'll tell you this project was all his idea. He brought it to agents and agents made it happen. So he's got a lot of creative and he's good at executing. Yeah, that's awesome. And just to see the growth not having it from not having a credit card to having $181,000 in what he said was credit card debt. But then you're like, credit card debt? Were you paying? He's like, no, no, no I paid it off. I'm like, that's called a balance. It's called a credit card balance. It's not debt yet if you're not paying interest on it. So, uh, but I did want to uh, bring up bring up a couple of these uh, things. Get your quick reaction on it. And these are notes that I have of examples of Tyler being smarter than just a guy who takes off a shirt on Instagram. And I want to get your take on these. So good segment with the curious Canadian. I I really liked um, how he broke down when you were you know kind of drilling down on different rates that he has for his modeling shoots. I really liked when he said, you know, I'll do Calvin Klein for 7,500, but I'll do this other shoot for 90K, same shoot. Um, an example that I saw of, okay, he understands brand, opportunities, et cetera. Take on that. It's it, 100%. He understands um, quality of brand. He understands his integration with the brand, and he understands what his price point should be based on the company he's working with. And he's 100% accurate that... The bigger, more notable brands, especially like a Calvin Klein for the type of work he does, like underwear modeling and stuff, that's like literally the almost top of the food chain, unless you're looking at like the big, big dogs like Gucci and them. And those companies all know they can pay less because they're so desirable. So 100% bang on. I also got to just make a comment because everyone who is listening must have raised their eyebrows or covered their mouth. Like when he was getting into it, having to send underwear, uh, pictures to some <laughs> random guy who he didn't know was going to help him and then also the other agent that talked about like the sexual innuendos and favors that he may have to do to get certain things like that, that was a jaw was... you talk about jaw dropping moments um to me that was a jaw dropping moment that's like you always ask me like oh do you think there's any sizzle clips like that's a sizzle clip that like we can't put on there because it's almost like too much like it's almost like that that is something that I, is sticking with me in like such a bad bad way um, but, but I think had- the, the good point about that is you have Smart. someone here confirming this stuff exists. And when it came across his plate, he was like, go fuck yourself. Exactly. And so I think what's really, really important is that you might back home, you might have a situation like that, or you might have a situation that has nothing to do with specifically that. But your intuition is saying, go fuck yourself. I'll go back to what I'm doing. 
And trust your intuition. Trust your gut if you ever feel like you're in a position like that. Don't let anybody leverage power to get something out of a situation that is toxic, that is inexcusable, that is inappropriate. There's no room in this world for that. Absolutely. Next example. Tyler Cameron can build the house by himself. I just thought that when he like just that in itself, like I, I have we have our baby registry up and we're starting to get a lot of gifts sent to the house. I can I can barely build like a, a, a jump around play set like this guy's building a house. If you, Jason Tardick, mm-hmm. got given a piece of land and some blueprints, how long would it take you to build a house? Do you think it you would take con- fucking forever? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean. The one thing I guess, like I can't, I too, you give me like a, like something to build out of a box, fuck that. But what, what I would do is what general contractors do, a lot of them, all it is is understanding what your costs are, managing the schedule, and keeping people accountable. Because for the most part, you're outsourcing everything. If you're a general contractor and you're doing it yourself, obviously your margins increase. If I was a general contractor, I could literally do nothing. So <laughs> it would take me forever. Yeah, it's that I just was like, let me just sit in this for a little bit because this is nuts. Not many people in this world can build a house um, from scratch. Um, I respect the hustle and grind of them going to piss the people off at the uh, Home Depots and and, and building <laughs> stores at the uh, all over the the Florida area. One thing I do have to say about Florida area too, and this is the last example I'll have. He had, and what you would think he would have, all the opportunity in New York City being Tyler Cameron with his kind of resume and reputation and and status. But he was smart enough to realize if I'm ever going to build something for myself, I got to go be a big fish in a small pond mentality. I think I've felt that in times in my life of being a big fish in a small pond and then, you know, kind of spreading your wings and trying something else in a, in a, in a bigger area. But there is that feeling sometimes, whether it's, you know, if you feel it being a, athlete at a small school, um, et cetera, et cetera. What's your take on that? And do you think that's something that people at home can take away um, as well? And have you ever felt that in your life? I mean, so actually, like, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't love Nashville, right? I don't love it. I don't hate it. I just don't love it. Caitlin likes it here. One of the things Caitlin said is like, I don't want to go to the big city. I like being a bigger fish in a smaller pond, you know, mm-hmm. even though this pond is getting fucking huge quick. And I didn't resonate with that. And the reason I didn't resonate with that is because I like being like, if I'm the smallest fish in the pond, I'm going to learn from the biggest fish what they do and how they do it. And I'm going to grow. And so I love the opportunity to go to the places with the smartest, most energy, most electric, youngest, oldest, most experienced, all the things in these cities, because it gives you the biggest growth opportunity. But here's where I'll come back and challenge myself with that response would be, I think what Tyler did is actually genius. I love what his response was to The Bachelor. He's like, listen, yeah, I would, I'd want a quick buy. I want, you know, seven figures. But the reason I don't want to do it now is because I want my empire built before I go promoting anything so that every time my face is seen on this screen, whether I'm kissing, crying, or yelling, there is something behind me that people can go look for. Yep. And when you do something like that, the cost of doing it and the accessibility is going to be so much more affordable and easier in a city and a community you know. So that I totally respect, that I understand. And it goes back to my argument with like Nashville. One of the big arguments I have here, especially for Caitlin and I professionally, is we, it, the city does nothing for us professionally. That's yeah. why we're always on the fucking road. Because this city does absolutely, there's no reason that we are here 
other than this is where when Caitlin and I decided between Seattle and Nashville, let's go to Nashville and figure it out. Well, four years later, we're here, right? We don't have family here. Of course, we've made friends here, but we don't have work that's literally in our backyard. And so that's, you know, that's a lot different than the Tyler scenario, but that's a loaded answer. But there you go. And that big fish is just crushing it down in Florida. Um, two things I, I want to get into that you talked about bringing up on the recap. One was he talked about three natives, the smoothie SIE juice place that's just crushing it. Um, some really, really impressive numbers in terms of his ROI in such a short time in that industry. You, you even said a million dollars in SIE bowls? What the hell? So I want to know, because uh, you, you wanted me to bring it up, what is the average failure rate in a restaurant industry? Because you were so blown away by those numbers. Average failure rate is going to be according to, I looked this up knowing you would ask me. Okay. And according to the National Restaurant Association, they say that 30% of restaurants fail. So you, you look at numbers and statistics, like, okay, break that down a little bit more. That's one in three restaurants. So and one in three restaurants you see will go bankrupt. They and, that's a, and that's a fail. So I would say if a third fail, a third are probably just treading water. And I would like to say a third are, are profitable, but I think that's probably a fair breakdown. Yeah, I think a third are probably profitable. And then of that third, there's like five to 10% that absolutely crush it, you know? And then in just in 2020, another crazy says 110,000 US restaurants closed just in 2020. Yeah, and so totally. I think the, you know, the other thing about the industry when I was a lender, lending into restaurants was practically impossible. Mm -hmm. Like it was practically impossible. Unless you had like, I'll give a, a shout out to my boy, Nick Salvatore. You have a very, very established brand and hotel and privately owned, and you have years and years of reputation, historical performance. You know, other than that, it is really, really tough to get a um, a loan approved through the bank because of the risk of restaurants. One thing you wanted me to bring up was asking you the different ways to raise capital or get investors for a project. Obviously, you just touched on the restaurant industry, and it might be a little harder than some others. But if you do have a project, there are people out there listening who who have a project and want to get investors or raise capital. What's a you know any quick tips for that, David? I don't know if you you intended or not, but that was literally a genius transition. The I'm reason it was a he's getting good at this. The reason it was a genius transition is because I was going to recommend with the restaurant industry. Let's actually talk about forms of raising capital. So whether it's a restaurant you want to open or it's any business idea that you have and you need to get uh, uh, money but you can't go to Bank of America and get a business loan because you don't have the experience, um, here are some options. So, you know, first and foremost, business loans are going to be your cheapest form of, of raising capital, but it's going to be the most intensive. You'll have to have the most credibility. You might have to have a lean on your personal assets. You have to have historical performance in an industry that's relatively non-risky. If you don't do that and you still want a business loan, there's something called an SBA loan. We've talked about it on this show, but essentially it's a government-backed secured loan that if you have extensive experience and you meet all the criteria that they require, the government will say to the banks, we will insure this loan because we need small businesses from experts to grow. So that's an option. There's an option called bootstrap. That's where you put your own damn money in. So the agency, trading um, uh, Rewired Talent Management, partner Evan and I, we put our own money in. We haven't raised a dollar. We bootstrapped it. Okay. There's another thing I hope everyone knows crowdfunding, right? If you don't know what crowdfunding means, I'll say the word GoFundMe and you could probably figure that out, right? That is, you are getting 
you are putting your idea out there, you're putting your project out there, or using something like Kickstarter, and you're getting people to fund your project. And in return, you're either letting them know the impact it has, or you're giving them some accessibility or something where they feel that they're contributing to something where it's either a good cause or they're going to get some type of return. There's angel investing. So angel investing is high risk, high growth opportunities with big family offices that are super, super wealthy that want to write checks to companies that are starting up. It's harder to get into those, but there's big dollars behind it. There's friends, family, and network, right? Like that's probably the easiest way. Put a business plan together, call the people you know, build your network, and and run a really good pitch of why they should invest in you, what they're getting, the credibility, the forecast of the projections, et cetera. Then there's other things like venture capital and accelerators. Um, those, are again, are more intensive, more sophisticated, and we could talk about those if you guys would like us to get in more depth. But those are some ways that you can go raise capital if you have a business idea. Sounds like a little hot topic issue. You could uh, talk about that for days for our listeners. Oh, I could have talked for hours, but you know, we got we're in the recap here, and we gotta we gotta stay tight to things. We got we got it. We're running a little long, but I have to ask you. You guys brought it up a couple times. Had me questioning if I even know what it was. Spec home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Spec homes. So what do you think yeah. it is? So I, th- I I always thought a spec home was like a specialty home, like spec was short for specialty, like a custom home, like very unique. But now I'm starting to think that my brain thinks it's like one of those ones where you go to a suburb neighborhood and every home looks the same. And it's like a, you know what I mean? Like a spec home where the layouts are the same and things like that. And they kind of, you pay, you buy the house before it gets put up and then you already know what it's going to look like. Okay. So you're, it's like. 50% right. So what? Okay. when we say spec, what do you think spec is short for? The word I th- spec. I thought it was short for specialty or specific. Okay. Got it. So it's short for speculative. Okay? okay. So a spec house is short for speculative. And speculative house, essentially, like in broad, broad summary, is just a new house that a builder thinks that they can build and really sell it for a profit. So that's okay. like they're speculative that they can take this new house and construct it. And then the speculation is that it will be easy to sell for a profit. So, but spec homes could be great. They could be very affordable. Um, you know, the quality could be pretty solid. It's move-in ready, right? There's a lot of, uh, there's not much like Tyler was saying, there's not much like history to these homes. Things aren't worn down. And the best time to get, like as a consumer, to buy a spec home, the best time is when there's a deficit in the market. So when there's a large supply of homes available. The best time to buy is then because these builders are sitting for a year, maybe two years, maybe three. They're paying for everything. So they got all this money invested. They have interest invested, all this this shit invested, and they can't get a profit. So they are much more likely to decrease the price, give you a better deal so that they can get their money back. The best time to be a spec uh, investor like Tyler is, is right. It's like when he did it. Perfect, yeah. right? Supply is low, demand is high. Boom, crush it. As he said, you're never going to get in the game unless you start taking shots. So he is in there. He is dialed in the spec home market at the right time. Uh, we're going to have to wrap this up because we're, we're, we're getting to the, we've already exceeded the time that I'm allotted to, to join you on the recap. But I got to say, I got to bring this full circle before we end. This guy is an absolute stud, as I would say, on and off the ice. Um, but, uh, you know, making 250 k for a two-post uh, social media campaign, 
His trading secrets, I thought, was incredible. That self-sabotage is the number one thing that holds us back. He says Instagram is a dating app, but the most important thing, not the most important thing, one of the things that I took away was the biggest tire pump that you've ever gotten from a guest was tire <laughs> I, I didn't even ask you, for it. You didn't even ask for it, and it wasn't even like you tried to tee, tee yourself up. I was going to say, when you listen to that back, because I, I listened to it back, I definitely was not trying to tee myself, because I didn't want it to no. feel like that. I was not. I was very unexpected. I was like, what? I, I was expecting him to be like, yeah, Chris Jenner told me this. <laughs> exactly. Like you, you know it was authentic because you said like, of all the high-ranking, highly-profile celebrity, it's like basically describing everyone but yourself. <laughs> and <he's> like, <laughs> the you people that run the world. <laughs> exactly, but it, it was really cool as you know as we've seen in some of the recent episodes, like you and Gronk go way back, but you and Tyler kind of kind of went through this together on I think it was almost back-to-back um, season, so not together. But I remember I'll never, I'll end with this. Uh, we were all in New York City together, and it was me, you, Hawk, and I think someone else and I had to leave and you were going to meet Tyler for the first time, like Bryant park or something. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what he'd be like up the, sh- like I didn't know. I was like very curious, obviously. And I texted you guys and you were like, this guy is the best looking guy I've ever seen in my life in person. He's like the nicest, coolest dude ever. Like, and you guys had like a day together and I was jealous and I still am jealous. (laughs) But you got to meet Tyler when we all had dinner for the book tour. Uh, For anyone that hasn't seen him in person, he does live up to the hype. You know, I I, got to pump his tires. He's just a stallion, an absolute stallion. Six, four. He makes you feel small because he's so big. He's just a beauty. He's a stud. He's a good guy on the inside, and as you could tell between those ears, he is a pretty damn smart guy, too. So this, hopefully, you thought was a good episode. We have so many more coming your way. We got Tracy Tudor. We have Val from Dancing with the Stars. And then on our 100th episode, the one, the only, Caitlin Bristow is coming into the hot seat. So if you guys enjoyed this episode, please go give us five stars on Apple. Tell us who you'd like us to have as a guest, subjects you'd like us to hit, any feedback, we will listen. Follow us on Instagram. Make sure to follow me on TikTok. I put all the trading secret stuff out there. Make sure to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter. A lot of tricks and tips in there. You can, you can do that on my website, jasontardic.com. And we have a Facebook group, Trading Secrets Podcast. Last but not least, we are starting to put every single one of these interviews, which are usually unedited, so you get the raw version, on YouTube. So go subscribe to Trading Secrets Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Trading Secrets, one hopefully you couldn't afford to miss. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.